You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space. Tick towards Barosh. He's beat Tick through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gallas hooked it away. We got another weekend of great games for you in week two of this Premier League season. Leicester City are going to host Wolves. Spurs will host Fulham in the first London derby of Saturday. Chelsea will go against Arsenal in the uh, first alternative uh, Ghost Goal Bowl of uh, Javier's recent uh, joining of the pod. Brighton will host Manchester United. And finally, Liverpool will go to one of their least favoured grounds in Selhurst Park to face Crystal Palace on on, uh, Monday night. I'm Alex, in here with uh, Javier. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Getting ready for... Uh, we're throwing you right in the deep end here with... Uh, I think you had like two weeks where you've been like official and then right away Chelsea Arsenal. It just like comes up. Yeah, my first right ghost goal bowl was, yeah. just came up super quickly. Our first non-Chelsea Liverpool ghost goal bowl. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And especially when it gets around to uh, Liverpool Arsenal. Those are always really high scoring good games. Yeah, definitely. So that should be another uh, good one to preview. I think, I think between Sarri and Emery, uh, you know, it's also going to be a first meeting between those two managers. So that well, should be interesting. Non-preseason meeting, but yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, Calm down. But yeah, Andrew's off. He's, I think he's going to be off for most of these uh, preview pods we do. Maybe jump in every now and then when he's got a, a free night off from work in, in midweek and we can all get together. But otherwise, it's going to be me and Javier here previewing for 20 to 30 minutes every week uh, the, the uh, this weekend's games. Uh, let's start with uh, two picks. Just give your picks for these ones. Uh, Saturday morning at 7.30, Cardiff will host Newcastle. Uh, Andrew has 1-0 Newcastle. Yeah, I have one nil Newcastle as well. And I have a kind of surprising nil-nil draw that uh, Cardiff will work very hard for. I think I mentioned to you before we started recording, they had the best defensive record at home in the championship last year. So if they're able to keep clean sheets at home and maybe nick goals here and there. Yeah, I mean, it's a fellow relegation, so they, they got to get a result. But I think Newcastle might do it. Everton are going to host Southampton on Saturday in the first uh, t- of the 10 a.m. games we're going to cover. Uh, Andrew had a uh, 2-0 Everton. Uh, I have 2-1 Everton. Javier? Uh, I think one nothing, one nothing to Everton. I think that'll that's going to be a close game. Southampton, they seem to be uh, decent defensively and, you know, of the... They're probably a relegation candidate, but they might be uh, decent defensively in fantasy. So everyone's waiting for uh, Danny Ings, who obviously came in on deadline day. Like, when is he going to start getting a run of games? Is he going to be thrown right in by Mark Hughes? Are they going to sort of bleed him in slowly and give him a, like a twenty-minute appearance at the end of the game at first? Uh, but once he's in the lineup, I'll probably be I'll probably be more willing to, to pick, pick them, them for yeah, a game like this. Definitely but, too. But for now, two-one Everton. Uh, Charleston's also kind of a doubt with a knock, so we'll see if he plays. Leicester City are going to host Wolves Saturday, 10 a.m. The Wolves game last week against Everton, I would say like a, really similar, a similar level of opponent. Yeah. Obviously, it was at home at Wolves, so that gave them a big boost. But 
I don't think Leicester City is like too daunting of a place for them to go and feel like they they need to uh, sit deep and really uh, like defend for ninety minutes. It's it's you, it's it's a hard one to pick. Uh, I, I challenge anyone at home to try and uh, do these pickems too. It's a tough week for sure. Uh, I have Wolves, uh, or sorry, no, I have Leicester City winning two one. That Premier League experience, I think, is uh, going to show in this game at least away from home. Wolves. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun watching Wolves last week. Um, I thought uh, Yota, who's the 21-year-old Portuguese, um, you know, winger slash striker, right. he was uh, decent, but didn't perform as well as um, you know. He, it was his Premier League debut, so I, you know, I don't blame him for having a, had, a, the, uh, a safe, timid he performance. sent off. Yeah, he did, and he also got he got an assist. So you know, it's, well, that was the assist, in right? Fantasy. That was the assist, right? <laughs> in Which fantasy, nice. you don't officially get an assist for that, but in fantasy, you get an assist for winning the free kick that someone scores or winning the penalty that someone else scores. Right. So, like, give him a half assist on that one. Yeah, I was happy that I had in my fantasy team, um, and. Uh, Leicester City, they 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 played well last week. They could have gotten a result um, against Manchester United, but Manchester United ended up getting away. You know, fairly lucky. So I think I think this is going to be a game that both teams are. You know, Wolves might be disappointed they didn't win because it was ten man Everton. Right. So I think they're going to be looking to bounce back. Um, both of these teams are going to want a result from this, and I think yeah, well, like you said, this isn't going to be too downing for Wolves. I think that they'll. They'll have a chance here, you know. They'll fancy themselves, I'm sure, against anyone in the league, considering the amount of money they spent, the players they have, and as they integrate more of these new players into their system, I think they're going to get better and better. And um, you know, I have them drawing one-one, which I think would be a good result for them if they could, you know, get a draw away from home at Leicester. Um, and uh, Andrew has two-two, so he thinks it's going to be a draw as well. I, I tell you what, if Wolves open the season uh, coming up from the Championship with multiple 2-2 draws, everyone is just going to jump on this team to like, alright, this is the must-watch team outside, of, this, yeah, outside awesome. of the top six. Like, yeah. they're fun to watch. They may concede a few goals, but they <laughs> they can they can hang with uh, a lot of other Premier League teams. There's a few interesting fantasy options to consider in this game. If you guys play uh, fantasy uh, Premier League and are involved in like the Ghost Goal League, it's still not too late to sign up. If you're listening to this, it doesn't matter if you jump in week two or three, maybe even... You can still catch up. It's a pretty long season. There's multiple chances for other people to uh, forget to set their lineups or something. So Raul Jimenez, the uh, the Mexican striker, was yeah. the one you were considering. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good uh, pick for this week. He's only 5.5 mil. and That's highway robbery. Stri- strikers are pretty expensive this year, and last year they weren't that good in fantasy. So... Um, Sergio, the uh, the winner of last year's fantasy, he seems to uh, like deploying less money in strikers and spending more on defenders and midfielders, and that won him the league by you that's know uh, two hundred fifty points last year. That so. might be the second time on uh, the podcast that you've mentioned his name and talked about him in fantasy. Like, well, you know, I need to. I need to. Is he in your him. head, Javier? Is oh, he in absolutely, your head? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's crazy. This guy always makes his moves. You know, uh, I'll I'll buy what, some player. Like, what if he just doesn't listen to the podcast and like he just. He just never hears this. It's just yeah, everyone just else is just again. like, wow, Javier is really got letting this guy get under his skin. <laughs> no, I, I hope he's listening. He's, to he's a good player. He did really well last year. Um, the one I would consider from Wolves, I think like Ruben Neves is still like so cheap. What is he, like yeah. 5.5 million or something? 5.1 mil now. 5.1 mil. Okay, so we yeah. have 1 mil. But still, that's such good value for a midfielder. Definitely. So uh, that's an obvious one, but that is one that has to be considered. Moving on to Spurs, hosting Fulham at Wembley on Saturday at 10 a.m., 
uh, the first London derby of the day. Spurs are still at Wembley. Their stadium uh, opening has been pushed back to November when I think it was originally for like mid-December. So uh, they were going to play this game at Wembley regardless, but now they uh, they know they're going to be there for a bit longer. They've got a talented Fulham team that kind of played well last week against Crystal Palace, but couldn't quite put their chances away. Mitrovic especially had a couple of chances that he just wasn't able to place into the corners, and he was just able to put straight at the keeper. So you think maybe that's maybe a little combination of rustiness and uh, sort of yeah, getting used to the level the of competition, maybe even against Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, I think that but this Fulham or sorry, this Spurs away game is just like an unforgiving schedule. Right, I was going to say this Spurs game is going to be very hard for them. Um, Spurs are a very well oiled and drilled team, and they kept all their players. So I think that especially against these teams that come up, they usually struggle a lot against a team like Tottenham who press and have. Um, you know, really good chemistry in the team. So And they're unforgiving, and too. Full, full, when you make a mistake against Tottenham as, like, a, a lesser opponent, it's very rare that they aren't able to capitalize on it. They have right. a lot of players who are have the talent and uh, ability, like Erickson and, obviously, Deli Ali uh, and Harry Kane, even though it is still August. Uh, we have to we have to get at least one Harry Kane August joke in in each podcast <laughs> or they pull us off the air. <laughs> no, we've mentioned it, like, the last, like, three or four, I think. Fulham's going to have to, um, I mean, it's going to take them time to integrate their team into the league. They made a bunch of signings, and even though they were really good signings, I'm excited for them. I think it's going to be a little while before they get used to the Premier League and settle down. Um, and, you know, usually, t- especially away from home, it's going to be, I think, difficult to get a result here. What do you uh, have? I have 2-1 Spurs. Um, Andrew also has 2-1. That's probably fair. I th- I think Spurs are uh, capable of running away with this. Like this could be like three nil, four nil, and maybe full or maybe it could. Yeah, I I, I fancy Fulham to score two just because Spurs do have the odd defensive lapse uh, in them. So I'm gonna say three uh, one Tottenham. Ten a.m. West Ham are gonna face Bournemouth at the Olympic Stadium. West Ham coming off a very demoralizing loss, obviously up at Anfield last week where. They just kind of switched off at the back once it went to two nil, and I think that allowed the extra, two extra goals. There's been some, there's been like a U-turn on West Ham where a lot of people are saying, "Oh, same old West Ham against like the anyone that's a little bit better than them, they're just going to fold against them." I, I kind of have a little bit more hope for West Ham. Uh, Bournemouth obviously got like the uh, the good home result against Cardiff last week, beat them two nil, and are perfectly capable of outplaying West Ham and winning this game at the Olympic Stadium. It's like hardly a fortress for them. Uh, but we all kind of seem to be in favor of West Ham here. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Even though one team is coming off the win and the other team is just coming off probably one of the worst losses they'll endure this season. I think West Ham had a really good uh, window, and Liverpool are just uh, miles and miles ahead of them. So I don't think you can judge them based on the Liverpool game. Um, I think against a team like Bournemouth is a much better parameter for them, and uh, I have them winning three two here. Um, so you basically say watch this instead of uh, Spurs. Yeah, uh, Fulham. I mean, that'll <laughs> be a fun saying. game. I think Spurs-Fulham will be fun. Uh, Leicester-Wolves. Take your pick from those games. That'll be. Those are all be good games. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. Just don't watch Everton-Southampton. That's probably the snoozer. Yeah. I have 2-0 West Ham. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a comfortable win for them. Uh, Andrew has 1-0. So uh, we're all in favor of West Ham. Uh, we'll see if we can, they can get it done. Let's go to the big one. Chelsea hosting Arsenal at the bridge Saturday... 12.30. Andrew has Chelsea winning, and I don't. 
Should yeah. I be should I be ashamed of myself, Javier? Am no. I am I being too realistic? No, I mean I have Arsenal winning, so I think that you're it's somewhere probably in between. It's probably gonna end up being a draw. If I have I think that's the most likely result. Yeah, that's probably the honest. most likely result. I mean I have Arsenal winning two one just because you know I'm a deluded Arsenal fan <laughs> and I need to think that my team's always gonna win, but um you know, it's it's I think this is gonna be a close game, I think it's gonna be fun. I think both teams are gonna try and attack. I think it's going to be the first time in a while that a Chelsea team is going to try and attack an Arsenal team. I think we're going to try and press you guys. Um, I I'm, I hope that uh, Torreira starts. I think that he'll make a big difference in the team if he does. I think he'll give our back line much more calm uh, and a lot more uh, protection that it's sorely missed. Uh, I'm not sure if Czech or Leno is going to start. I thought despite conceding two goals, Czech played pretty well. Um, so I think the shot stop it's up in the air right there. now. Yeah. yeah, I think it's up in the air whether him or Leno starts. And you know, I'm, uh, the Guendouzi was a shock start against Manchester City, and you know he he may start again. I thought a lot of people thought he was better, much better than Xhaka, and you know he ended up playing the whole game against Manchester City while Xhaka got pulled off. Right. And you know he still had energy at the end of the game, which is something that. It's it's been sorely lacking in our midfield for a while, um, and I think Torreira and Guendouzi can bring a lot of energy to our midfield. That it's that. Do that you know, do you don't worry about like that that very young duo? Like Torreira obviously has more experience than Guendouzi and has played in bigger matches, but playing those two specifically together, and I'm guessing uh, would, would it be like Ozil or Ramsey or someone like that would be the third midfielder. Uh, well, last game we played a four-two-three-one. Right, so, so you're assuming that like that, Xhaka would be taken out. Yes, either Xhaka. I mean, I, I think it's going to end up being Xhaka Torreira that start, yeah. and Guendouzi starts on the bench. But um, I would love to see Guendouzi Torreira, but maybe not in this game. Maybe that's a little bit too big. Of that's a game what I'm to thinking because like the, our midfield, Chelsea's midfield, isn't settled uh, exactly either. The prospect of those two young players going up against uh, N'Golo Kante, who's now in a far more advanced position, trying to press those kinds of players into making mistakes. Uh, And then Jorginho, I don't think he's put a a step wrong his entire time at Chelsea Yeah, let's see how he does against Aubameyang and Lacazette. Well, he's not really going to be involved with them. Like, he... Really? Yeah, pretty much. Like, he's going to be the deep-lying playmaker. Well, if he's not involved, he's going to be scoring a lot of goals. He's going to drift into that space between that forward line and the midfield line. And if you leave a lot of space there and don't try and pressure it, Huddersfield literally had to utilize three men at all times to keep him from consistently getting the ball. And even then, he would just drift into areas to just give the likes of Ross Barkley and N'Golo Kante plenty of space to dribble into and get pretty uh, well-timed passes into William and Pedro. Hazard will be back for this game. Morata is a worry. I think it's, I think Arsenal, he's missed like a hat-trick of chances last year in the away fixture against you guys, so I'm sure you'll be very excited to see, uh, yeah. to have him missing yeah, chances definitely. against you. There's going to be a lot of few it. moments in this game where you guys sort of wipe your, your uh, foreheads and go, whew, thank God that's Morata, not like Diego Costa or like something oh, like God. that. So uh, I, I definitely don't see Chelsea keeping a clean sheet. I don't see Arsenal keeping a clean sheet. We're both far too early in our respective like process right. sees that we're uh, we're just not ready to consistently keep teams with each other's quality from scoring. So I'm gonna say one one. 
with a whole bunch of chances missed on both sides. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a fair scoreline. Um, Andrew gonna, has two one. Andrew has two one. Chelsea, I have two one. Arsenal. So hey, you know anything can happen. I think that Andrew's going to come from my neck next time he's on the pod and be like, "You didn't pick your own team right. against Arsenal. What is wrong with you?" Yeah, I mean, he's on his Liverpool high horse now. And right. Nobody can get him right. off. So I'm, I'm still, uh, I still don't completely trust the process yet. You know, I'm not like a, I'm not like a Philadelphia 76ers fan yet. <laughs> um, let's move on to Sunday, 8:30 a.m. Bright and early, Burnley will host Watford. Uh, we we all kind of agree there's not going to be a whole bunch of goals in this fixture. We uh, may be wrong though because see, sometimes, Watford sometimes just get involved in games right. that are just like and three same two. with Burnley. Like sometimes Burnley just score two or three goals and you're like what like I think you guys only scored one goal but yeah so this is no. your way of hedging your bets and kind of saying like, look see I didn't mention it that we might be wrong but yeah um, yeah yeah exactly you know gotta gotta hedge the bet a little bit here but no I have I have one nil Burnley I think you know they were they've been monstrous at home the last couple of years so the, the one thing that sort of dissuaded me from uh, decisively picking Burnley was the fact they do have a Europa League qualifier the second leg of their Europa League qualifier against uh, Turkish side Basak Shahir ah, okay. uh, on, uh, let me think, on Thursday evening at home. It will be at home, so there won't be any travel involved. But I think they're only up maybe 2-1 in that fixture, or maybe it's 1-1. I, it's a very close fixture, so they're going to be throwing all of their, their first-team players into that. Right. For them to recover and come back and play not a terrible Watford team the following uh, Sunday is still a pretty quick turnaround. So I'm going to say 1-1. Uh, Andrew has... Nil nil. Sunday morning, same time, eight thirty. Manchester City will host Huddersfield in a game that, uh, after last week's opening performance from Huddersfield, no one really has. I mean, no one on, on our podcast, at least, has any chance of them scoring a goal this week. <laughs> it's it's just uh, Andrew has three nil. I have four nil. Javier has five nil. We're yeah. basically just. And, and I remember pick. last year that um, I I don't remember if it was maybe it was away Huddersfield that they got a result home. didn't they get a result they, against City they won I think oh, no, they no, drew no. they drew at Manchester City they drew at Manchester City in like right. the run into the season. and I remember that we 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 all did predictions I remember and we all had like ridiculous scores like this and we all looked ridiculous because Huddersfield actually drew Manchester City but. You know, um, we can't not talk about the fact that Kevin De Bruyne limped out of practice uh, today, which I don't want to make it seem like I enjoy great players getting injuries. But number one, that opens like the door slightly to the the other title challengers uh, that maybe they think they have a chance if Kevin De Bruyne does end up being out for two months with a knee injury. But there's no official word yet. Number two. I didn't like that it happened, but thank God it happened the day that we were going to record a podcast. Because if we had woken up tomorrow and this had been released, right, and then like eleven a.m. eleven a.m. I just get like a text or a, like a, a notification saying, "Oh, Kevin De Bruyne lives off practice, probably out for two months." I would just be like, "God damn it! We just made picks with the knowledge that Kevin De Bruyne was going to play." But I think even without him, four uh, 0 isn't out of the question for me. There's a, there's a couple of Manchester City players that. They're not going to take Huddersfield likely because they they themselves no one really has like a set uh, place in the eleven right now. Maybe I think they're going to I think they're going to be salty that they got a result last season against them at home, and I think they're going to come out and just try and blow them away. My, I mean, my point is that I think these players are all still competing for places. Yeah, so for if sure. they do so get a chance, gonna, they're yeah, all going to be gonna go, absolutely yeah. laser focused, right. dialed in, trying to prove that they deserve to stay in the lineup. Definitely. De Bruyne leaves the lineup. 
what do you think Manchester City look like without him? Like, what's the what's the, who steps in to sort of fill that void or attempt to fill that void? I think Bernardo Silva pretty easily goes in there. Um, I think Gundogan as well. I don't think that. I mean, obviously he's he was their best player last season, but they have so much depth and so many players now. On the wings, you know, uh, Mares, Sterling, Sané, Jesus, just. If that front three stays the same with Sterling on the left, Mars on the right, and one of Aguero or Jesus center forward, the midfield three behind them is going to be Fernandinho, we know for sure. Bernardo Silva will probably retain his spot from last week. He did start against Arsenal. David Silva was injured. I'm not sure if he's quite ready to come back yet. So Gundogan, I guess, is like the only other it's the only other body they really have to step into midfield. Maybe Delph, maybe uh, uh, Phil Foden could get they, another, they, another chance. A bunch, I don't, I don't yeah. think a game like this, you probably start Gundogan with Bernardo no, Silva. They, they could start Phil Foden. That's a good shout. You know, you know, this actually seems like the perfect game to start him. You would know? you risk it in fantasy, Javier? Would I, no, I would. <laughs> what if that just turned out to like Phil Foden comes in and gets like two assists? Like, yeah, I mean that'd be awesome. But okay. I, you know, I think I think this would be a great. I mean. Guardiola has been talking him up. We'll see. Guardiola has always kind of been played in the Champions League last year against yeah. uh, I no, think Shakhtar Donetsk. He's given youth youth players chances. So, hey, and De Bruyne injury. Maybe he, now he's going to say, "Hey, Phil, it's time for you to step up." So, let's see. These next six games all look uh, pretty easy for Manchester City. Yeah, uh, I think I'll definitely t- try and have a couple couple of them. Pull in that fantasy. up real quick. These next six games, they'll obviously host Huddersfield this weekend. They'll have the toughest of them uh, going away to Wolves after that. They'll host Newcastle and Fulham, go away to Cardiff and host Brighton before a relatively difficult run of at Liverpool, home Burnley, at Spurs, and a game with Man United soon after. So these next six games, you can definitely see them getting maximum point from these next six games, even without De Bruyne. You do worry a bit for them. Uh, you know they couldn't they couldn't beat Liverpool even with Kevin De Bruyne playing the full ninety minutes last uh, year. So that run of games after this initial six, how many of those five games do you see them dropping points in? Let's like, let's give them that respect. We'll like we'll assume they're winning until uh, yeah. I don't see any. I mean, I think they're going to Liverpool all away. These teams. I think they'll drop. I think I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I've moved yes. on to these five games where it's at Liverpool, home Burnley, at Spurs, home Southampton, at Man United. Probably they they'll probably drop. Points in the Liverpool game. Haven't beaten Liverpool. Maybe Spurs away, but I think that they'll beat United at home, and they'll definitely beat Burnley and Southampton. So, I think a loss at Liverpool is kind of kind of to be expected. But that Spurs away game, I think they're definitely going to draw on that. I, I, Spurs lost twice to them last year. Obviously, they they seem to have Spurs' number, but I, I think there's going to be some kind of rebound from Mauricio Pochettino's side against uh, Pep Guardiola. Because remember, he did he was the manager to first defeat Pep Guardiola in that like seventh game of the season in uh, his first year, beating them 2-0 at White Hart Lane. So I think there's like a potential for a draw there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Man United at home uh, two weeks later. So that that's uh, it's nothing that I think will completely derail their uh, their title ambitions. But yeah, somebody he keep could an be eye. back by then too. He could be back by the end. Well, yeah, of we really October. don't know. I'm just going two months in advance and trying to see like what what's right. like, what's the what's, worry what's for the them. Lookout? Moving on to later on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Brighton will host Manchester United. Both getting off to kind of kind of disappointing uh, starts to their season. Maybe not in terms of results for United because they obviously did win, but. Uh, Brighton really didn't show much, even for all of the investment that's gone into the, into the club and their uh, a, 2-0 away loss to Watford last weekend. 
So I have like a kind of revitalized and re-energized Brighton team getting a 1-1 draw here. They famously secured their uh, their safety last year with a 2-0 win over United yeah, at they, home they, late they, last they've season. They've had uh, they've had good results against United previously, um, but I think United early season Mourinho. Um, I think they're going to do do this the ugly way again. I think that they're going to win three one. I think Brighton might go up and United will storm back. And I think Alexis, he was unlucky not to have you know two or three assists in the last game. Right. Uh, Lukaku and Mata put a couple of really good chances wide. And I think look for him to be um, a, the catalyst in this game. Same thing with Paul Pogba. You know, he got a, got himself a goal in the last game, took the penalty. Lukaku should be back for this game. Right. So with Lukaku back. Um, Alexis, Pogba, I think those three could be lethal this season, and, and I think it's going to lead them to a lot of wins. And That's why I think it might not be pretty all the time, but um, I have them uh, going on a little streak here. So I have 3-1 United. Andrew agrees with you. He's got a, uh, a very hard-fought 1-0 away win for United. I, I don't really blame him for that. Monday evening, Crystal Palace are going to host Liverpool in what I think is going to be one of the underrated matches of the weekend. Just because I think a lot of people are going to assume Liverpool are big favorites to go and, and win there. Well, they are. But people are forgetting Crystal Palace's record against Liverpool at home. It took until something like the 82nd minute for Liverpool to win last year at Crystal Palace and like the, the run-in. It's never a place that they go to and just sort of romp to victories. It's always a... It's like Stoke for Arsenal or... Right. Yeah, it's or, or Newcastle for us. It's always like a difficult fixture for them, even if they do get the odd win here or there. Important to consider, I think, is the fact that Mamadou Sako and James Tompkins have a very good relationship at centre-back for Crystal Palace since they both signed permanently at the beginning of last year. I think they've played like 25 games together, so they have had spells where they've both been injured. But whenever they have played together, Crystal Palace have never lost a game. So I think it's pretty fair to expect them to have a very hard-fought defensive effort. And I think Wilfred Zaha is going to be flying off the back of that contract extension he signed. I think Crystal Palace win 1-0. And everyone's up in arms about what's going, what's wrong at Liverpool, all this investment, wow. and, it's, and it's for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I have Liverpool winning 3-1. I think it's going to be hard-fought too, but... I just think that they added even more dimensions now with this uh, Fabinho, Keita, Fabinho and Keita in the midfield. I think Do you think Fabinho they... starts? He didn't start last week against Right, West I think Ham. he might start um, in this game. I think it'd be interesting um, if they start him with Henderson, right? Um, him, Henderson, and Keita? Yes. So be... Milner goes out of the team. Yeah, I would take Milner out of the team. Just had an assist, had a pretty good season last uh, season. Yeah, I, I mean, think he gets dropped, playing, to be I mean, honest. He's been playing good in the midfield. It's interesting. Like, but I think that against Palace, like you said, they have a good they have they're gonna I think they're gonna need a little bit more offensive firepower and I think he might try and go with um, you know, more high energy in the midfield. Uh, Milner's getting old now and I mean he, Dude, he's not dropped off in terms it's, of it's pretty crazy. energy levels. It's pretty crazy, yeah. He's led the to, Champions League in assists last season. Yeah, that's no, that's wow. no mean feat. There's a lot no. of very talented, creative players uh, playing in the Champions League. Yeah, he's been impressive. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I, I've made a lot of James Milner jokes in my life, but the guy's proved me wrong before. And you know, he's staying at a high level even now, which is impressive. But there's a uh, Juan Bissaka, the right back for Palace, right? He's my uh, my player in fantasy. I think you absolutely have to have. Which you know, I'm gonna give you guys as a little nugget right at the beginning of the season. Alex finishing like 16th place. Like yeah, him. but uh, at the uh, same time, Alex's nugget. At the same time, he's 4.0 million. I think he's 4.1. 4.1, yeah. And he's yeah. a starting right back at a 
albeit like decent a, a decent team, like a mid-table to maybe relegation team that could fall into that that conversation. Right. But they get a decent amount of clean sheets. Obviously, got a clean sheet last weekend against uh, Fulham away from home, and they're all capable against uh, worse opposition of sort of uh, stonewalling them. And he obviously gets uh, points for that. Then you consider the fact that he's a converted winger, used to play right winger, young English player, boatloads of energy, combines really well with Zaha. He can assisted Zaha for his goal last weekend against Fulham. He, he's probably not as good of an attacking option as, like, say, like Patrick Van Arnhol at like left back. But Van Arnhol, I think, is considerably more. I think he's like five point yeah, five, five point right? five million. Which, like, if you don't want to spend that on a defender, but you want the same like level of, or like same standard of like minutes played and like kind of the offensive and defensive output, Juan Bissaka is probably like a pretty good good value pick, to be honest. So yeah, go and get him right now. That'll free up some cap space if you're spending too much money on like a bench defender. Andrew has 2-0 in this game. I don't know if he thinks it's going to be like a nice and safe 2-0 where they score one goal early and grab the second. See, I don't see a clean sheet in this. I think that'll be pretty right. difficult for Liverpool to keep a clean sheet away. Benteke doesn't look like Palace. the same player from last year. He looks a bit more... A bit better. A bit more active, proactive. Yeah. He's hungry. I mean, we'll see. He needs to have a big season. He, he's been quiet for the last 35, 40 games he's played. Who so. knows? Maybe we get a Max Meyer sighting in this. Maybe he's uh, Maybe. brought into the team to awesome. play with yeah, uh, Luka Milivojevic. Love to see him play. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there with Palace. Well, that wraps up a great weekend of uh, fixtures that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, thanks for listening uh, with us. We're going to be back Sunday night into Monday morning uh, with our recaps of this weekend when Andrew's going to be uh, back, hopefully. So uh, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Prasar, at AS Moss. Javier, make a Twitter for the last time. Go and, like, before, when we stop this podcast, we're going to sign, sign you up for Twitter. No, Instagram what's is just one. With, what's it's wrong just with one, that, man? Come uh, on. The conversation, it's happening on Twitter, Javier. Wow. We need you to jump in. We need we need the voice of Arsenal for our podcast. My Twitter keeps getting hacked or something. No, no, no. You had one time, and the, Twitter just did a large, like, uh, suspending of accounts yeah, where they, they weren't just, active. My, like, you just have to be active. Accounts. You have to be active, Javier. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, so go follow all of us on Twitter. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get those that at out there when Javier finally makes it. Uh, obviously, follow, follow uh, at Ghost Gold Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, see ya.